Do you ever wake up in the morning with dark thoughts? Maybe I'm the only one. And maybe I should sing. If I would sing, abide with me, that would help. But just yesterday morning, I woke up with the thought, why can't people be good? Why can't people do the right thing? Why do we mess up so often? Abide with me. (laughs) This month's worship theme is evil. And it's not fun particularly to look at evil. I find it unpleasant to think about the bad things people do, the ways our action and sometimes our inaction can lead to suffering. Still, I hope that we will take evil seriously, that we will make an honest accounting of ourselves And that we will regularly take account and ask ourselves, what have I done? And what have I left undone that I need to apologize for and make amends for? What do I need to work to repair and restore? Because we do have power for good and for ill. It matters how we live and the choices that we make. But you know, this kind of self-assessment is not easy. It seems to be in our human nature to diminish our own faults and mistakes and pay more attention to the faults and mistakes of others, right? And if you look at human history, you will see that it is full of people projecting their fear and their own evil thoughts out onto others. The Crusades, colonialism, Nazism, all those examples of ethnic cleansing, these horrors were done in the name of God and goodness, in the name of purity, in defense of the homeland. This is what the theologians Christer Stendhal and Matthew Fox are talking about in the words at the top of the order of service today. They wrote, Most of the evil in the world is done by people who do it for good purposes. Real evil in this world happens when Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And even that metaphor of dark and light can be problematic. I am somebody who's tuned into the changing light of the seasons, and I love and appreciate these images and experiences of both light and shadow. But you know our country's history, that it was racist from the start. 
in the name of God and country and prophet, our forebears stole land from the native people and then stole people from Africa and brought them here to build this nation. Our ancestors took those metaphors of light and darkness and they called one good and the other evil. They applied this to skin pigmentation. They came up with the idea that whiteness was superior. There was a time in our young nation when poor white people could have made common cause with black people. They could have joined forces to work for a more equitable society. They would have been in the majority. But wealthy white landowners understood this, and they used the old and effective tactic of divide and conquer. It hasn't ended, and we should be sensitive about that tactic these days. But those white landowners, they said to the poor whites, well, at least you're not black. They promoted their philosophy of white supremacy which haunts our country to this day. Racism has been called America's original sin. And the political upheaval that we are in right now is the struggle between these two different visions for this nation. The old way which talked about liberty and justice but reserved it mostly for straight, white, Christian men. And a more expansive view for our nation, what Jesse Jackson called a rainbow coalition, a diversity of people, different races and genders, different ways of being human, coming together to fashion a more varied and more beautiful tapestry. That's the promise of these supposed to be united states. And this is the struggle that we are in these days. And I'm so grateful that our social justice committee has made its goal this year to reach out to communities of color. And I'm grateful to Susie Clark and Paul Floyd who attended a two-day training on anti-racism last summer and then have continued to meet with a group of Haverhill folks doing this on-the-ground work of dismantling white supremacy. I'm grateful that we have this long friendship with our neighbors at Calvary Baptist Church across the street and our shared history of befriending and supporting one another. So, speaking of Calvary, I hope a lot of us will show up this Thursday at 6.30 p.m. to watch that documentary, Emmanuel, about the killings at the church in Charleston, South Carolina, where a young white supremacist shot people who were gathered in a prayer group. Appropriately, the gathering at Calvary on Thursday night is going to begin with prayer before we watch the film. And how else are we going to deal with evil? 
How else do we open our hearts to what is hard and challenging, to what is calling us to change and grow? How else than by being still for a change, by listening for what we need to hear? That still, small voice of love eternal. How else than by stopping, by waiting for that voice, that presence which comes when one is quiet and still? with its blessed reminder that we aren't in charge, its assurance that life is good in spite of all the evidence to the contrary. In these days when there is so much upheaval, when people are so anxious and aggressive even, what do we have to offer as antidotes for evil. I wonder about this a lot. And what I know from experience and what I know in my bones is that when things are hard, and especially when I need to change, when I need to stretch and grow and be better than I have been, I need to be grounded. I need to be rooted in what is deep and life-giving, in what is true and good. And the only way that I know to get there is by spending time in silence and in prayer, by finding ways to rest in the grace of the world, as Wendell Berry puts it, There's a meditation manual titled, Don't Just Do Something, Sit There. And isn't this appropriate advice for these days? To start with being before doing. Practice being present and open when you feel like running away. Practice being hopeful when it would be easy to be anxious and afraid. Practice being faithful. Keep showing up at your prayer mat or your meditation cushion or whatever place that is that feeds your soul and connects you to the sacred. When all those other voices are tugging at you, trying to pull you off center. Or when you are off center and you need to find your way back. For me, the antidotes for evil are all about presence. Being awake and abiding with what is. Right here, right now. The American Buddhist teacher 
Sharon Salzberg, gives this instruction for meditation. She says, sit like a mountain. Sit with a sense of strength and dignity. Be steadfast, be majestic, be natural and at ease in awareness. No matter how many winds are blowing, no matter how many clouds are swirling, no matter how many lions are prowling, be intimate with everything and sit like a mountain. We heard a similar message in our reading just now. The call to be present to what is, whether that is hard or easy. Padre Gotuma practices this daily with his community in Ireland. And in his words, you hear the transformative power that is available to us if we will receive it. So let us pick up the stones over which we stumble, friends, and build altars. Let us listen to the sound of breath in our bodies. Let us listen to the sounds of our own voices, of our own names, of our own fears. Let us name the harsh light and the soft darkness that surround us. Let's claw ourselves out from the graves we've dug. Let's lick the earth from our fingers. Let us look up and out and around. The world is big and wide and wild and wonderful and wicked. And our lives are murky, magnificent, malleable, and full of meaning. O Ramus, let us pray. My spiritual companions, let us be praying people. And by that I mean let us be gardeners of the Spirit who take what has been defiled and broken and begin to restore and redeem it. Let us in our lives and in our presence be antidotes for the division and the meanness in our midst. Let us be inspired to use our power to heal and not to harm, to help and not to hinder, to bless and not to curse, to serve you, Spirit of Freedom. Amen. Amen.